good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. into worship. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Do you believe that today? God is good all the time. Amen. I'm going to talk today about a subject that I really felt that God was directing me to as I was preparing for this day. And and I thought um, that I would kind of just make this a a, a message with some interest for some of us. Uh, um, How how many like change? Okay, a few people do. How many do not like change? Okay, we're going to talk about change today. Um, The Word of God has a lot to say about change. On one hand, most people don't like it because we are creatures of habit. I am one that I like my routine. I like things to stay the same. I I do like going on vacations, but I like it when I can get back to regular, normal routine. Change is not always good. Change is hard work. Um... We're, we're, we're comfortable. Some of us are very comfortable with the same old, same old, the routine of life. Keep it, keep it coming the same way. Don't change it up on me. But then on the other hand, we also are people that like change. Amen? Some of you go to the stores and you spend money to get some new clothes. How many would say, that's me? All right, there's a few. Uh, Well, the rest of you, you don't wear the same clothes every time I see you, so uh, obviously you like to change as well. (laughs) We we, we like to change our clothes and get a new wardrobe from time to time. Uh, Some ladies in particular like to change the furniture at the house, like I'm tired of this. I don't like that look anymore. I don't like those colors anymore. Let's just change it up. And you go buy new furniture for the house. And guys, we like it when we get to change our vehicles to something newer and shinier and a little bit more power or whatever we're looking for. We, We like a new this or that from time to time. Change is something we don't like. Change is something we do like. I've got a definition of change, and I'll get to the Word of God here in a moment, but the definition I've got for you today for change is this. It's to make the form or nature of something different from what it currently is. It's to to take something the way it currently is and to, to make it different, to change its form or change its nature. Back in the day, and I'm not sure it's still a popular TV program, but there was what what they called Extreme Makeover. How many remember hearing or seeing any Extreme Makeover TV programs? 
they find these people that are not happy with the way they look. Now, this is not just makeover. This is extreme makeover. They find people who are not happy with the way they look, and, and these people will allow them to do extreme things on them and in them to give them a brand new look. They will change how you look by changing your bone structure. They give people a new nose or a different style chin in extreme makeover. They remove things that they don't want anymore. Or they add things that they might want. And I'm not going to describe any of those things. They will do whatever it takes to get that change that they're looking for. They will have teeth straightened. They will have teeth whitened. They will have wrinkles removed. They will undergo surgeries, cosmetic surgeries, dental work, liposuction to get rid of what they don't want to have as part of their body structure. They will have hair added, especially the guys, to the top of their heads. Whatever they can do to transform themselves into what they think is the beautiful person that they wished they were. They go through intense pain for extreme makeovers. And you see, it looks so amazing when you see the before pictures and the after pictures. Sometimes you're wondering, is that the same person? You know, magazines do a lot of advertising with, you know, the before. They're trying to advertise a product, and they will show what this person looked like before, and then when they use the product, this is what they look like now. Before and after pictures work wonders to sell a product. They might have weight loss pills, and they will show someone who's, you know, rather on the large side, but if you will just only buy this simple pill, you can take the pill and you will lose all this weight and the after picture is amazing. There's diets. How many have ever been on a diet? Let's be honest. All right. Why do you go on a diet? So you can have a makeover, that you can change how you look. And some of us do need a diet or two. One of my buddies, he was one of our friends back in Virginia. Um, I saw this just the other day on social media. His name is Josh Lambert. Let's, let's see what Josh looked like in 2018, in August. And then Josh's picture just last month. He lost 158 pounds by doing keto diet. Okay? That, that's extreme. He didn't go any surgeries. He, he, he just got diligent, and he started following the keto, and it worked. Some of us that don't have hair on top, I should say some of you that don't have hair on top, there's things that you can do to help. I have seen all kinds of advertisements of creams and lotions and gels you can use to help to grow more hair 
The picture you're going to see right now is the first picture is the before picture. On, on the left-hand side, thinning hair, losing hair. But if you would only use the product, then you will get a nice, full head of hair, thick hair. The makeover. You've seen the pictures of the workout programs. You get this little scrawny guy, skinny, no meat on him. But if you follow this workout structure, he's buff and he's built and he's ripped. The one I like the most, you know, these, these pictures, you see these before and after pictures, is the ones with makeup, okay? The makeup pictures always are so amazing because the first picture is the before picture. Did you ever notice that the before picture is dark? There's no smile. Hair's just a mess. Clothing is drab. But then the after they do the makeup regime, the after picture is bright. Hair is done. Big smile. Nice clothing. I, I just find that so amusing every single time. But you know what I've learned about the makeovers naturally? Here's a couple of things that I've learned. I've learned something along the way. It's a simple principle. If it sounds too good to be true, anyone know the end of it? It probably is too good to be true. Now granted, some of these things do work to some point, but the other principle that I want to tell you about these makeovers, you always have to read the fine print. When you read the fine print, you'll read that it doesn't always work in every case. That's their out. I mean, it, you know, it might work in one out of a hundred, but it might not work in every case. And most likely in your case, it won't work. There's always a catch. But the other thing that I want to tell you about the makeovers, the, these outward makeovers are always temporary. As extreme as it may be, as, as painful and the surgeries that they've been through, ex, these makeovers that are extreme are almost always temporary. Tans fade. Whitened teeth Go dark again. Um, the hairdo. That, that was just so beautiful. The hairdo will eventually go away. Because you'll sleep on it. Your hair will get dirty. The weight loss that you lost, and I hope Josh that you saw here a minute ago could keep off the weight. But the weight loss... Almost, in most cases, will be regained. And sometimes it will be regained and more added. So changes to your physical appearance is temporary. We're talking about change today. I remember the story as a child that a girl wanted a pet. And she didn't get a dog, she didn't get a cat, she didn't get a rabbit. What she chose is the pet. She chose a pig, and, and she called this pig Susie. When she got the pig home, 
she put the pig in the bathtub and she got the scrub brush out and she scrubbed down the pig. She, she put some smelly stuff in the bath water. She perfumed it. She washed the pig. She dried the pig off with a big towel and she put a big bow around the pig's neck. Wow, what a transformation for Susie. It, Susie was no longer a dirty, smelly pig, but a beautiful specimen as a pet. But I want you to know, for Susie, the change was only temporary. Because as soon as Susie could get outside and see a big old mud hole, guess where Susie was going? The bathtub just changed the smell and the look on the outside, but Susie was still a pig. And as soon as the mud hole was found, that nature of a pig rose up in Susie, and Susie went back to the mud hole. You know, I want you to know today that people spend a lot of time and effort and money looking for a change. Some of you have been looking for some changes. You've had frustration because things haven't changed the way that they need to. But I want to tell you, it's not an outside change you're needing. It's not a facial makeover. It's not a new hairstyle. It's not a, you know, having your teeth straightened. Those changes might be okay, but they're not something that will last a lifetime. Some of you are today are needing a change deep down on the inside. Someone say Amen. We all need to be changed deep down on the inside. We need our nature that is carnal and fleshly and against the things of God. We need that changed by God. Here today, I believe in this room, there are people that you've been trying some temporary things to make changes in your life. You've got situations that you need fixed. You've got problems that you need to have answers for. Amen? There are people sitting here under the sound of my voice. You've got questions and you need some answers. There are some others here today. You've got wounds in your life and you need healing. Amen? I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about emotional healing is needed. There's been a cycle of just going to temporary things and looking for fixes and looking for things to satisfy. But it's not worked out every single time. The cycle of sin needs to be broken in your life. Amen? You're not needing a temporary fix. You need a permanent fix. You need to be changed by Almighty God. Amen? I've got good news today. Look at somebody nearby and say, he's got good news. This word of God lets me know that there's a God that loves you. There's a God that's in the life-changing business. There's a God that will give you permanent change. It's not temporary. It's not something that will last through the weekend. It's something that will last your entire lifetime. There's a God that he's the master of makeovers. He will do an extreme makeover in your life, and it will not be fixing your nose. It won't be whitening your teeth. It won't be removing your wrinkles, but it'll be a change that will change your life forever hallelujah and when the change takes place it's a permanent change he doesn't do a botched job you know sometimes these people go in for these makeovers and something goes wrong in the procedure 
There's a botched surgery. And the nose that they might have wanted was not the nose they got. The chin structure that they wanted might not have been the chin structure that they ended up with. But I want to tell you today that God does not do jobs that are botched. He's going to leave you better than you came into the room with. He's going to take away those troubles, and he's going to help you live a better life. The Bible calls it abundant life. To the word of God today, I kind of took a long time to get to the scripture. Um, let's read the first scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, if any man be, what's it say? If any man be in Christ, not in the hands of some doctor, not in the hands of some preacher, not in your own hands. If you're in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all, someone say all. Behold, all things have become new. Not just a few things, but all things. God is in the amazing business of transformations. Last Sunday, oh, what a great time we had here with Brother Josh Resar. We were with him this week. My wife and I did a marriage uh, weekend for the Pentecost is the Peterborough where Josh goes to church and is there, and he and his wife were there. We get to spend some more time with him. When I think of his testimony, how at like 20-some years old, he was a drug pusher. He was, he was doing $300 of cocaine a day. He couldn't go 30 minutes without another line of cocaine. And when he come into contact with the master of makeovers. When he came into contact with Jesus Christ, the Bible says that all things are passed away and all things are become new. I thank God for the renewing. I thank God for the newness that comes from Jesus Christ. He's in the business of taking a sinner, taking someone whose life is broken, taking situations that are out of control. God is in the business of turning those things all the way around. God is in the business of transforming the child that is a sinner into a child that is a child of God. And I thank God for that. I thank God that he fills us with his love. He fills us with his peace. He takes the situation and he works it out for his glory and his honor and his praise. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not, someone say not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, well that means we, we have to be righteous, church. We're not going to get into the kingdom of God if we're unrighteous. Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, you, you guys know that the unrighteous are not going to make it into the kingdom. Be not deceived. And then he goes into this long list. He lists some very specific things. That if you're doing them on a habitual basis... If you don't get this figured out and give it to God and let God forgive you of it, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, 
nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He lists a pretty great list of, of what, if you were to take a pool of people out there driving down the highway right now, you'd find some adulterers and idolaters and some extortioners, and you'd find those that are doing all kinds of crazy things and sinful and living lives for you know, themselves. But, but here he goes on to say, look what he says in verse 11. To the church, he says, and such were some of you. He says, I'm going to give you the before picture of people sitting in this room. He says, some of you were fornicators, some of you were idolaters, you were adulterers, you were effeminate, you were abusers of themselves, you were thieves, you were covetous, you were drunkards, you were revilers, you were extortioners. He says, that's what you were. But it doesn't stop there. There's a word that happens after the comma. What's the word? But. The before picture is, doesn't look very good. Before you come to Jesus Christ, your life is a mess. You're, you're found in sin. You're, you're in the cycle of sin, and you don't know how to get out of it. And you're just, you're just kind of enjoying life, but it's a mess. It's heartache. It's pain. It's disappointment. But you were washed. Well, it says first, yeah, you were washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. I thank God that we don't get to live with the before picture. I, don't, I thank God that I don't get to live with the Steve O'Donnell before picture. That I have a, a but God in my life. But I was washed. I was washed by the power of the blood. I was washed in the cleansing flow. I, I had my life justified and sanctified through the power of his spirit. I thank God for his spirit that lives in my soul. Amen. Are you grateful today for the power of his spirit? Hallelujah. There, there, if I could have a testimony service right now, uh, and we're not going to do that, just so don't worry about it. Uh, if we could have a testimony service, I'd have you stand, and, and there would be people here that would stand and tell what Jesus Christ has done in your life. How that before you came to Jesus, you were drunkards. You were just filthy, dirty scumballs. Before Jesus Christ, you were adulterers. Before Jesus Christ, you were liars. You were cheats. Before Jesus Christ, your life was empty. Your life was nothing. Your life was just full of just heartache and hurts. You were depressed. You were lonely before Jesus Christ. But I'm so glad today that there are people sitting here that they have a testimony and they're no longer living in the before picture, but they're living in the after picture. And the after picture is one of grace and one of mercy. It's where the power and presence of God comes in and turns your life around. Hallelujah. You know, after when your life is changed, the Bible says there's peace that passes all understanding. Do troubles still come, Pastor Steve? Absolutely. But there's a peace in the after picture. There's when trouble comes my way, there's a peace that passes all understanding. After, there's no more sin. I'm not living in a cycle of sin. I'm living for God. And the Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I thank God for the joy unspeakable, the Bible says, and full of glory. 
There's a joy down in my soul. Is everything perfect? No. Is everything on the hunky-dory? No. But there's a joy. There's a peace. There's something that I can't even explain to you because I am living as a child of the Almighty God. Oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Hallelujah. You know, God desires to change us. He desires to transform our heart our mind, our thinking, our purpose for living. He's going to change your future. He's going to make the outcome so much better than you could do on your own. He wants to make us new. You know, here since I've been living in the GTA, what I've noticed in my neighborhood, the last neighborhood that we lived in, a house would go on the market. And it would be just, you know, a normal house. 20, 30 years old. It'd go on the market. Nice average size lot, you know, nicer than the newer ones. The new ones, there's no land. These would be a little bit bigger than that. And they, they, I think, okay, someone's going to buy that house, nice little house for them. They weren't buying the lot for the house. They, they'd buy the house and the lot, and before you know it, they'd be tearing that house down to nothing. And they would be coming in there and they would be putting a McMansion on that piece of property. They didn't want a little tiny bathroom that that house had. They didn't want those little tiny bedrooms that that house had. They wanted big everything. They didn't want to fix up something that was old. They wanted something that was new. And that's just like my God. He doesn't want to just kind of rearrange you a little tiny bit and kind of tweak a little bit. I'm going to just, you know, do a little bit over here. No, God wants to transform your life completely. He wants to do a complete work in you. He doesn't want to just rearrange some furniture in your life. He wants to come through and do an absolute brand new thing. And I thank God for that. He's not going to stop until he has changed you completely. Hallelujah. How many are grateful for that change today? How many are grateful for the change that Jesus Christ has brought into your life? In fact, let's take a moment and let's lift our hands and thank him for the change. Thank him for forgiveness of sins. Thank him for the peace of mind. Thank him for the joy that's there. Let's just thank him for a moment. Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you that, God, you created us in your image. And, God, you want us to be like you, God. You didn't leave us the way you found us, but, God, you transformed our lives. Hallelujah. There, there's a great lesson in, in the book of Philemon. Philemon is one of those little tiny books in the, Old, in the New Testament. Philemon, as we learn about that book, Paul the Apostle wrote a letter to a man by the name of Philemon. It was a simple letter. Philemon was a wealthy man who had had some servants. Paul is in prison, and he's writing to Philemon from a Roman prison. And he's telling him, that servant of yours that was a no-good-for-nothing servant by the name of Onesimus, I'm sending him back to you. And he's changed. Someone say changed. There's been a change in Onesimus. He might have been no good for nothing in the past. 
You might have been mad at him for forsaking you, but guess what? God's power and the work of God has happened in Onesimus' life, and Onesimus has been changed. So look at Philemon chapter 1 and verse 11. The Bible says, I'm reading from the NIV here, it says, formerly, talking about Onesimus, was useless. Someone say useless. You know what? When we're changed, we don't got to always look back to the way we used to be. You might remember it, but let's not focus on the way life used to be. All of us have a used to be life. All of us have a past life. But I'm thankful today that when we are changed by Almighty God, I'm no longer going to focus on what I was formerly. But I'm going to focus on what God has done in my life now. Formerly, Onesimus was useless to you. But now, I'm so glad there's some but nows in the Word of God. But now he has become useful both to you and to me. There's a principle that is, is here in the Word of God. And I'm calling this the formerly but now principle. All of us, we're going to see it in the Word of God. We find ourselves in this principle. Formerly, the past, it looked like this, but now things are different. Formerly, I used to act like this, but now I don't act like that anymore. Before and formerly, I used to be this scumball, but I'm no longer that person anymore. Ephesians 5 and 8. Here's a great verse. For you were once past. In the past, you were darkness. But now, someone say, but now. But now you are light in the Lord. How many walked in darkness before? Your life was full of darkness. Your life was full of sin. That was the past. Formerly, once darkness. But now, we live in the light of Jesus Christ. We have the light of his glorious gospel filling our souls. We live a life that's so different from the way it used to be because of the but now principle. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 21, once, formerly, you could say, you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. In the past, we were the enemies of God. We were alienated from him because of the way we lived and the way we act because a sinful man can't really get too close to a holy God. So, so. We were alienated from God. But verse 22 is where it all turns around. But now he has been reconciled. Someone say reconciled. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through his death. I thank God that Jesus Christ went to a cross. He gave his life. And because of the blood that was shed, because that blood's been applied to my life, I now have reconciliation with Almighty God. And I thank him for that today. One more, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. You lived, talking about the past, you lived in the world without God. Can you remember? Can any of you really remember what life was like without God? Now, I was brought up in a church. I went to church at eight days old, been in church all my life. But you know what? 
Some of you here today, you weren't brought up in church, and your without God picture was not a pretty picture. Amen? Some of you lived, and your life was a mess. Your life was messed up. It was your past. You lived in this world without God and without hope. That was the formerly. But verse 13, but now you have been unified with Christ Jesus. Once, that's the past, you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. I thank God that there's no longer just a past picture, but there's a present picture, and it's been changed. I've been changed by his power. I've been changed by his blood. Now I have access to the presence of God. Now I can bring my needs and my requests to him, and he's there. Now I can come into the house of God, and I can feel his presence on a weekly basis. I thank God that I'm not living in my formerly, but I'm now living in my but now present. You might say, I'm tired. You might be here today and you might not be in the butt now yet. You might still be living in a formerly. And I want to let you know if you're tired of living in your sin, if you're tired of the hurt and you're tired of the, the, the ugliness of your past and you're empty and you're unfulfilled and you want to be changed, you don't know how to do it. I've got good news for you today that you don't get to stay the way you came into this place. You can work hard at making a change all you want. You can have willpower. You can get lists of what you're going to do and how it's going to be different. You're going to turn over a new leaf. You're going to make new resolutions. You can do all that on your own. But you and I both know how long we keep those New Year's resolutions. I, I stop making them. Because they don't last sometimes. So, so I, I'm saying that this change does not necessarily happen by you determining in your, your own self that you're going to make it happen, by your own willpower. Really, what the Bible lets us know here, according to his word, you must get yourself in Christ Jesus. When you get yourself in Christ Jesus, that's when you become a new creation. That's when old things pass away, and that's when all things become new. Hallelujah. Someone say in Christ. Someone say in Christ. We must live our lives in Christ Jesus. You say, how do I get in Christ? H how do I get into that in Christ position? Here's what I'm going to tell you today. You got, all you got to do is, it's actually quite simple. You got to obey the gospel. You got to believe what the word of God says, and then you got to just do what it says. Obey, have faith in God, let God do the work in your life. He wants to, he's waiting, he's anxious to turn your life around. The gospel, you say, well, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 says it like this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the good news? It's what I preached to you, Paul said, which you received and in which you stand, by which you are saved. This is a gospel that is a saving gospel. This is a gospel that will save your life. It goes on to say in verse 3, it says, For I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins. Look at somebody in your mind and say, Christ died. That's the, that's the part of the gospel. Christ died. But I'm so glad he didn't just die. The Bible goes on to say here, According to the scriptures, in that verse 4, he was buried. There, there was a death, 
And after the death, there was a burial. He was buried. And then he didn't stay in the grave. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We sung about it this morning. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I'm glad that the God that we serve didn't go to the grave and stay in the grave. At some point in the last couple of years, I put up there of all the, the great prophets and people of, of all these different religions, and you can go to their tombs, you can go to their graves, and you can see where their bodies were laid to rest. But if you go to, to Israel, you can go to the tomb, and his body is not there because he has risen. The Bible says he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That is the gospel. It's the death. Someone say death. It's the burial, someone say burial, and it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have Easter Sunday every single year, and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say, well, what do I do? Okay, I, I believe that. Well, you have to do something with belief. I believe that this light switch right here, I believe that if I, if I, I believe it will turn that light off. I believe, I believe, I believe. You say, well, your believing is not working. That's right. Bible says faith without works is dead. I believe that if I move that light switch down, that the, the lights will go out. How many believe with me? Will it happen until I do something? No. Let, let me do it. Hey, my belief with my works caused the light to go out. Same happens to, go, to come back on. I believe that the light switch will turn the light on, but I've got to do something about it. I've got to actually do something. How do I believe the gospel? How do I believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It's, it's, it's actually pretty plain in the Word of God. Death, burial, resurrection. Really, in Acts chapter 2, and that's not a scripture I have on the screen, but it says, when Peter says, what do I do? After they heard the gospel on Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, Peter stood up with them and he said, you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Look, look at what it says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. This is talking about the death or the repentance I have to repent. If I, if, if I believe that Jesus Christ loved me and gave himself for me, I have to do something about how I'm living. Galatians 2.20 says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. I, I, must, I must crucify this old flesh. And I'm not going to go to a cross, and, but i gotta, I got to repent of my sins. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. So that I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're here today and you haven't repented or you haven't repented in a long time, you say, I want to believe and I want to act on my belief. I'm saying the first thing you need to do is you need to repent of your sins. If you've got some ugly past, if you've got some sins, if you've got some ways that are not right, you've got to say, God, I'm sorry for those sins. You gotta crucify your flesh. You gotta have Jesus Christ come and live inside of you. The second part is death and then burial. Burial, the Bible, many, many times in Scripture, likens our baptism to burial. Notice what it says in Romans chapter 6 and 4. We died. That's when we repented, when we died to ourselves, when we died to our ways, when we died to our, our fleshly desires, when we died. 
We were buried with Christ by how? By baptism. You're identifying. You're connecting with his burial. You're buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we all now walk, we may live new lives. Today, if you've not yet been baptized, last week we had a baptism, and when, when Annette went down in the water and came up out of the water, the Bible says she walks in a new life. That's being buried with Christ in baptism. You say, I want to identify with Jesus. I want to identify with the work of the cross. I want to identify with his burial. You get baptized in water by the name of Jesus, and you will rise up out of that water, the Bible says, and you will live a brand new life. You want to be changed today? That is part of the solution to your change. We've got water in this tank again this Sunday. It's warm water. It's not even going to be cold. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I've not been baptized. I want to get baptized today. We've got robes in the back. We've got towels in the back. We're ready to baptize you. Just let myself know. Let Pastor Jonathan, let, let Mark Carey know. Mark Carey, wait, wave your hand. Let him know. Let my wife know. Let someone know. We'd be glad to take care of that today. Because we want to see you changed. You want to be changed. We want to see you changed. And God wants to do a great work in your life. The Bible says it's the death. It's the burial. And then it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I thank God that we don't go under the water, Annette, and, and we get held under the water. There, there's a burial portion. And if we hold you under very long, there's going to be some thrashing. There's going to be some fighting for air. But we just put you under and bring you back up quickly. And the Bible says you rise to walk in a brand new life. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. And then we thank God that is part of the resurrection, that he gives us life through the Spirit. We believe that the power of the Holy Ghost, it's a gift that God wants to give every believer. If you've not received the Holy Ghost, God wants to infill you with his power and his presence. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says it like this. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, because we're not righteous. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. But because of his mercy, thank God for his mercy. He washed away our sins. He's given us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Are you thankful today for the new life that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit? You say, I, my life's a mess. I've got a lot of troubles. I don't know what to do. I've tried a lot of things. I don't know how to turn. Guess what? I've got a simple solution right now. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the death, the burial, the resurrection. You repent of your sins. You get baptized in water in the name of Jesus. You come out of that water. God's going to fill you with the Spirit, and you will be changed. Hallelujah. Let's thank God for the change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everything changes when you're in Christ. You know what? It's not just a change for this week. It's not just a change for September. But the Bible says, and he promises us, that we're going to have abundant life in this life. And then we get to have eternal life in the future. Talk about a win-win situation. 
It's a change today that will be good for the rest of your life, and it will be a change that the power of the Spirit, the Bible says, that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwell in you, it's going to quicken on that day when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are raised. It's going to quicken. It's going to give life to that mortal body. You're not going to have to jump high to get up out of the, 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 the ground, the earth, to get to heaven. It's going to be a quickening that happens by the power of the Spirit. It's the in Christ change. Hallelujah. You guys doing all right? I'm almost done. The Bible has all kinds of stories that are similar. Stories of change in people's lives. The names are different. The circumstances are different. It usually starts with someone who's desperate and hurting, has a a big need, has a problem, doesn't know what they're going to do, and then Jesus steps into the room. And the change takes place. There's the demoniac at Gadara. He was before, his before picture, he was possessed of spirits. He was a wild man. The Bible says he was living among the tombs. He was cutting himself. He he was chained. But he would break those chains in the cemetery. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And the after picture of the demoniac at Gadara, the Bible lets us know that he was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Thank God for the change for the demoniac in Gadara. The woman with the issue of blood before, she'd been sick for 12 long years. She'd been going to doctors and she couldn't get any hope, no help at all. She was unclean. But when Jesus intersected her pathway and when Jesus came into her life, the Bible says that she was healed. The virtue uh, came from Jesus and came into her body. And the Bible lets us know that she was healed of the issue of blood. Talk about a change. Why are there so many similar stories like this in the Word of God? Is it because God wanted to give us a lot of good reading and a lot of good information? No. Is it because we wanted a great historical count of all that Jesus did? Well, I'm glad we've got it, but that was not the reason. The purpose of these so many accounts of change in the Word of God. It's not just to tell us what Jesus did, but it's to let us know what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. Jesus brings change into a life. Jesus is the one you go to with your broken life, and he always brings a change. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite the music to come back at this time. i got one more portion of Scripture I want to read to you. This is letting us see that God's Spirit can do an amazing work in our lives. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Let's all stand as I conclude this message. Luke 4 and 18 says it like this. Jesus is speaking. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to do what? Heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came, number two, to preach deliverance to the captives. He came for the recovering of sight to the blind. And he came to set at liberty those who are bruised. You're here today. You might need a change in your life. I just want to encourage you through the word of God that he's the master of change. He's the one that can turn your life around. He's the one that has hope for your life. He's the one that can deliver you. He's the one that can heal the broken heart. He's the one that can set you free. He's the one that can turn the situation around. He is the master of the change.
every head bowed and every eye closed. As I was preparing this message, I really felt that there'd be some people here today and you need God to change your life. I believe that God has orchestrated every single person that's in the room today because I believe there's some people here and you're ready. You're wanting a transformation. You don't want to live like you've lived before. You don't want to continue the way you always have done it. You've not been able to make the change on your own. You've tried, but it's not worked out. I'm so grateful today for the Word of God. I'm so grateful for the power of the Gospel that He wants to come and He wants to transform our lives. And all He's looking for us to do is to acknowledge that we need Him. To repent. If you need to repent today, today's the day to repent. If you haven't been baptized in water in the name of Jesus, today's the day to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus. If you've not received the gift of His Spirit, God wants to fill you today with His Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.